The following is a message of First Baptist Richardson. For more information, please visit fbcr.org. Amen. Thank you so much. Well, good to see all of you here today. Thank you for joining us on this uh, December the 17th. Honored to have you here. And uh, those of you in the worship center, thank you for uh, joining us as well. Delighted to have you here and hope you've had a great worship time as we have here in Worship East this morning, and just glad to have all of you here on this uh, on this Sunday morning. There is a uh, radio station here in uh, the Metroplex that has for well more than 40 years. Every year at Christmas, they have a uh, Christmas giving promotion. It's called Christmas is for Carrie. And they asked their listeners to make financial contributions to support the uh, Denton State Supported School, which is a, a facility in Denton for uh, adults with disabilities. And they asked their listeners to make contributions to provide Christmas gifts for, I think it's about 400 residents, and then uh, for experiences for those residences to have throughout the next year. Christmas is for caring is the name of their uh, promotion. Well, I'm also happy to report that the Baptist General Convention of Texas has a facility similar to that in Tyler, Texas. It's called Breckenridge Village, and the BGCT, in partnership with a, a sister organization based out of San Antonio, Baptist Child and Family Services, uh, supports another facility in Tyler, Breckenridge Village, uh, which is a facility for adults with disabilities. As a matter of fact, one of First Baptist Richardson's very own has been a resident of Breckenridge Village for more than 20 years. I'm a big supporter of Breckenridge Village because I really like the Christian care that they provide for their residents. Christmas is for caring. And you sense that here at the church, uh, the angel tree promotion that you all had for uh, this past month, Kathleen and I were happy to participate in that because we wanted to support that effort and we do believe Christmas is a time for caring. And then you see what First Baptist Richardson does with the efforts to uh, feed my starving children. Obviously, this church cares and at Christmas it's obvious Christmas is for caring. But I'd like to propose today that Christmas is also for learning. And there are a couple of Christmas lessons I'd like for us to talk a little bit about this morning. And we'll do all of that from the Gospel of Matthew. So if you have your Bible, take it and turn with me to Matthew uh, chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, I'm going to read starting at verse 18. So if you have your Bible... Just find uh, in your New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, the first chapter, and follow with me as I read, and I'll start at verse 18. Uh, This is one of two very familiar, traditional Christmas passages. The next one, the Luke 2 passage, is one we'll look at next Sunday in the 4 o'clock Christmas Eve service, so plan to be here for that. But today, we are in Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 18. Just follow as I read. 
The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man, and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you, will, you are to name him Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22. Now all of this took, took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son. And they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. We can stop right there. So uh, a number of lessons from the whole Christmas story, but... For this morning, I want to talk about two. And so Christmas lesson number one, I think, is a lesson on faith. So let's start with just a general definition of what it means to have faith. So faith is a confidence. Probably need to enforce that a little bit. It's an absolute confidence in God. And his knowing what is right for you and me and what is best for you and me. Faith is an absolute confidence in God. And then there's this story. This Christmas story. And, and, and you know it, most of you. Mary and Joseph, so generally speaking, I think we understand that Mary was probably a maybe late teenage girl. Joseph, a young man, but a good man with some respectability in the community. So you have this young girl, this young man, they obviously had already met. Fallen in love, engaged to be married, and then, and then this news. Mary comes up uh, expecting a baby. Joseph's not the father. Now what? Right there is a step of faith. I mean, right there is Mary and Joseph and a, a step of faith. Believing that God knows what's right for them and having absolute confidence that God knows what's best for them even though everything seems contradictory to that. But Christmas is a lesson on faith. Stepping out Believing, trusting that God knows what's right and what's best for you. You remember uh, the Indiana Jones movies? Uh, so, I think there have been 
five of them. Uh, one by mistake. But I think there have been five. So the third one, uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So I'm going to try to describe a little scene in that movie. Uh, so uh, towards the end, Indiana Jones and his, his compadres, his father and a couple of others, they are in search of the Holy Grail, the, uh, the cup of Christ. Believing that, you know, if you can find it and drink from it, it would bring immortality. So they uh, find this ancient temple carved inside cliff, rocks. They meet the bad guy. The bad guy shoots Indiana Jones' father. He's dying on the floor. So in order to save his father's life, Indiana Jones has to follow a series of clues and get into where the cup of Christ really is. And so he's got this book and he's following these clues and he finally, finally gets past all of the dangerous parts except for one last one. And he comes to a, he steps and he comes to a cliff. And there's a, a sheer drop off. And on the other side is an opening, but there's this sizable chasm between and, but there's an opening, there's a door and it's through that door where the cup of Christ is. And so he's reading these books, this, these instructions in this book and the last instruction says, Take a leap of faith. So, all he can see is a drop-off and a door on the other side. But if you you saw it, you know what happens. He kind of closes his eyes. And now I'm not going to do it, but he just steps out. And sure enough, when he puts his foot down, there's a bridge. But it's been disguised, and it looks exactly like the cliff on the other side. But there's a bridge, and he steps off, and there's solid ground. He walks across, and then he finds the cup of Christ. And now they express the story. But the the whole point is, he, he closed his eyes and took a step of faith. Well, that's what that's what Christmas is teaching us. It's it's a lesson on faith. You and me. Believing that God knows better than you know and better than I know what's right for you and what's right for me. I I can't speak for you. I can speak for me, but I have all the ability to make wrong decisions. I am, I am fully capable of going the wrong way, taking the wrong step, making the inappropriate decision. That's faith stepping in and keeping me from those wrong decisions, those wrong directions, be me believing that God knows what's right for me. And that God knows what's best for me. That's, that's what faith is. God knows how many of us experience far less than what we could experience and enjoy so much less than what we could really enjoy because we've chosen to take matters into our 
So Christmas is for learning about faith. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. That's a step of faith. So Christmas is about learning. It's about learning about faith. It is also about learning about obedience. So what's the definition of obedience? This is really simple. Obedience is faith in action. Obedience is just acting upon what you're convinced God is showing you. Faith in action. Being the person God's calling you to be, leading you to be. Doing those things that God is calling you and leading you and directing you to do. Going those places where God is leading and directing you and me to go. Uh, Obedience is faith in action. Oh, faith, I have confidence in God. Obedience, I have so much confidence in God. I'm going to do what He says to you. I'm going to go where He says go. I'm going to be what He says I should be. This Christmas story is about obedience. I think we maybe here kind of hone in on, on Joseph just for a minute. So yeah, look at Joseph. Um, the unexpected has happened to Mary. She's wrestling with that on her own. And then there's Joseph, this, this good, this Bible describes him as a righteous young man. This is good. I, you know, I'd call him, you know, my age, I call him, he's a good kid. But, um, man, he's, he's confused because society tells him to do one thing. The culture, the culture says, Joseph, you have every right and you should divorce Mary. She is expecting a child. You're not the father. The society dictates, the, the culture around them says to them, the right thing for you to do is to divorce her. Now, if he went back into the first century, the right thing for him to do in that cultural setting was to embarrass her and shame her. Joseph, being the righteous man, said, you know, I, I know what culture says, and I think what, I think I'll divorce her, but I will, I will do it secretly. I'll do it privately. I will not shame her. I will not embarrass her. And then the angel comes. And so it's time for Joseph to put his faith into action. He's a young man, a righteous man. He's described in Scripture as a righteous man. Believing God knows what's right and God knows what's best, but now it's time to take that faith and put it into action. It's time to be obedient, and that's exactly what he does. He marries Mary, and he becomes the earthly father of Jesus and serves in that role for years. Christmas is about learning lessons in obedience. Because obedience is not always easy. The Bible is so full of of stories about God's people being obedient and how difficult it was. Uh, Go back. uh, Start with Noah. 
Now, you got Noah there. Um, I think he believed God knew what was right and best with the instructions to build an ark. But I don't think it was easy for Noah, with all that was around him, to start gathering wood, building an ark, and collecting animals. I just don't think that was easy for him. But faith in action is obedience. And he did. What about Abraham? Abraham, he was so comfortable where he was in his homeland. He was uh, prosperous. He was well known. And then he's instructed to leave where he is and where he's comfortable, where he knows everything, and go to a land that he he knows nothing about. Abraham is a man of faith, but it was not easy for him to leave everything he knew that comfort zone of his and go off to a place that God was directing him. But faith is obedience is faith in action. That's what he did. Moses. You know, Moses started off pretty rough. You know, floating in a basket in the Nile. But then he's rescued by Pharaoh's daughter. He's raised by his very own mother. He's got it made in Pharaoh's palace, but he's got a heart for his own people. He goes out and rescues his own people, or tries to. Ends up in some trouble with the law, so to speak. Runs away, kind of makes a way for himself again on his own. And then there's this burning bush, there's this call to go back and lead your people out of bondage. Moses knew that call from the bush was right. He knew that he resisted, though. Obedience is not always easy. He had faith. Yeah, he knew, but obedient faith in action. That was going to be a hard journey back to Pharaoh. And that encounter was going to be difficult, but he did it. Prophet after prophet after prophet. Jonah. I just read the story of Jonah this week. My goodness, Jonah, he didn't want to go to Nineveh at all. You know why he didn't want to go to Nineveh? Because... He knew that if he preached the message of repentance in Nineveh, that those people just might repent. And he knew, faith told him, if they repented, God might relent of his judgment upon them. And he didn't want God to relent of his judgment. He wanted them to be judged. So it turned out poorly for him. Until he repented. And then he went to Nineveh and he did preach. They did repent and God did relent. That's the way it works. How... I love the story of Ananias in the New Testament. So you've got this persecutor of Christians, Saul. He's got this dramatic encounter on the road to Damascus. He's blinded. Ananias, a believer, is instructed by the Holy Spirit, go see Saul. Well, he, had, he had faith that God could change the life of somebody and maybe even somebody like Saul. And But he also knew that Saul had the power within him to take his own life if he chose to do so, but his faith in action, obedience, he went, he visited Saul, healed him of his blindness, and the rest is history, as they say. Obedience is faith in action. And where you and I are living today, in in the society in which we are living, in the world in which you're living, in the culture that surrounds us, Obedience, more so now than ever before, at least in our lifetime, is going to call us to live counterculturally. 
is going to, it will, it will require that we think differently than the culture. It will require that we speak differently than the culture. It will, it will demand that we act differently than the culture. And that is not going to be easy, but Christmas is about learning lessons in obedience. And obedience says, take your faith and put it into action. Trusting that God knows what's right, God knows what's best, even if what's right and what's best goes against the culture. So there is uh, there's a movie out nowadays. Uh, I'm not recommending it. But it's about the historical figure of Napoleon. Uh, so Napoleon died in 1821. He was exiled on an island. That's where he died. But if you went back a little bit in his story before he died in 1821, about the, about the height of his military conquest was 1809. And he was all the news. All the news in Europe, all the news in Britain, all the news in America was about Napoleon Bonaparte. But then 1809. But you know, in Britain and in America in 1809, there were other people being born. There's Napoleon, he's all the news, but then there were babies being born. William Gladstone was born in 1809. Some years later, for 12 years, he was the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, born in 1809. Alfred Lloyd Tennyson, born in Lincolnshire, England, 1809. To no fanfare whatsoever. One of 12 children. But he published his first book of poetry before he was 18 years old. Born to no fanfare whatsoever. Oliver Wendell Holmes, great American writer. Actually, he was a great American physician. Nobody thinks much about his uh, medical abilities, but he was a great American physician, but he was also a great American writer born in 1809. In Boston, Massachusetts in 1809, Edgar Allan Poe was born. To no fanfare whatsoever. Charles Darwin was born in 1809. And in Illinois in 1809, to a family whose last name was Lincoln, a little boy was born, they named him Abraham. What did he do? All of those born to no family affair whatsoever, nobody paid any attention to them whatsoever. In 1800 years before that, in a little town in Bethlehem, to no fanfare whatsoever. No one paid much attention whatsoever other than a few shepherds out on a hillside. Now, heaven was a different story. Heaven was all aburst with glory at the birth of Jesus. But on earth, to little fanfare where no one paid much attention whatsoever was a little boy born in a little town in Bethlehem. Nobody paid much attention. But Matthew 1, just screaming for us to pay attention today. Pay attention. Because there's something to learn here about faith. Pay attention. There's something to learn here about obedience. My goodness, there's something to learn here about giving. There's something to learn here about celebrating. There's something to learn here about loving. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, Jesus, to a little teenage girl in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. Pay attention. Christmas is about learning. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the day, the blessings of the day. 
and for Jesus, for Mary and for Joseph, the shepherds and the angels and the wise men, and the Christmas story. But Father, I pray that today we would see in it more than just a story. That what we would see there are lessons to be learned. Lessons that we can take and we can apply and that what you called us to be and what you're asking us to do and where you're leading us to go. You know what's right. You know what's best. Even if the culture speaks against it, creating us the kind of faithful obedience that makes a difference. Gives the heart and the mind to pay attention to these Christmas lessons. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.